0: This is the Rationable Podcast, a show that helps you fact check your world. I'm your host, Abhijit. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rationable Podcast. Today we are interviewing Dr. Haryakshpatak, and we'll get into that in just a moment. I just wanted to add a few things that have changed since we interviewed him. The first thing is that immunocompromised individuals like people living with HIV or those on immunosuppressant medications can get vaccinated against COVID-19 and they should keep a regular follow-up with their doctor. They are a part of the list of comorbidities on priority, for the ages of 45 to 59 years age group. Also, the center has recommended a 6 to 8 week interval for the second dose of Covishield. We all know that, but I just wanted to put that in there. Vaccinations for individuals over the age of 18 are starting on the 1st of May. We also know that, that has also changed... The thing is that this interview happened about a month back and a lot has changed over this time. So I just wanted to have these small corrections added to this podcast. There is still a lot in this interview that you will find valuable and is still pertinent to the core and the crux of it. All remains intact. The facts are solid. And Dr. Pathak has done a tremendous job in answering a lot of the questions that I had. If you have any more questions please put them in the comments, tweet them at Haryaksh which is H-A-R-Y-A-X-P-A-T-H-A-K on Twitter, or mail them to abhijit at berationable.com. That is A-B-H-I-G-I-T at berationable.com. And I will be sure to ask him as soon as I can. I do intend to have him on for a full update episode. So keep an ear out for that. Subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to the Rationable YouTube channel, which you can also watch this on. Now, let's get started with the interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rationable podcast and the Rationable YouTube channel. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the vaccines which are available in India for COVID or to fight against COVID. Uh, So to help us out with getting our heads around the uh, strengths and weaknesses of these vaccines, how effective they are, whether you should get vaccinated or not. I've got on a very special person, Hariyaksh Patak, who is from Vadodara. He is uh, also a doctor and studying to be an even better doctor. He's studying to get into neuroscience, uh, sorry, neurosurgery, which is brain surgery. It can be very important for some people. We might be discussing today. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so he did his MBBS from Pramukh Swami Medical College, uh, Karamsad. Am I pre- pronouncing that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's.
0: And he's preparing for his PG entrance exam. He's got some uh, exams coming up very soon, so we can't take up too much of his time. Uh, and he has a special passion for public health messaging. Uh, mostly because there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation and malpractice going on and he just wants to get the correct message out for those who listen. So we are definitely listening today and thank you all everyone for joining me and thank you for joining us, Dr. Partak. Hi, uh,
1: thanks for hosting me on this podcast. I've been looking for uh, towards this for a very long time actually.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry and, to have kept uh, you waiting, but I'm glad that we are finally here and we are finally talking. Yeah. And uh, to start off with, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, tell us about? I mean, what was it that triggered you into caring more about public messaging, especially about medicine?
1: Uh, Well, WhatsApp, family WhatsApp groups. They're a trigger for everybody. (laughs) Because because being a medico, when you see the kind of messages that are circulating on WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. that's one aspect. The worst thing is, that the elders in your family actually start reading it. That and uh, a you know, there's a certain pattern to all of those messages. Uh, they will take a random name from some uh, XYZ foreign university, a random name mm-hmm. for some uh, XYZ uh, foreign emeritus professor, they type up a message and everybody starts believing it because it's not from India. It's from abroad. Some expert from abroad is saying this, so we must follow it. Blindly. Yeah, so there is was actually... One notion was that a- I want to change, actually. Oh, I,
0: I am totally on board with that. There was a there was a message which I kind of debunked or rather fact checked. I have a section on my website called fact check a forward fact check. Yeah, yeah. And I, I <laughs> I'm so glad. Um I saw the there was this one message which came across, I think it was uh this the one which uh, I it was talking about all sorts of nonsense about COVID. But there was one thing about a doctor in um, some doctor, random doctor they've named in some university that they named from China. When I looked it up, that university or not even, that university, that town does not exist in China. It was in Afghanistan. And there was a doctor who did study there and probably worked there. But she was in a completely different field and had nothing to do with virology or anything to do with infectious diseases. So they literally just picked up places places, and picked up things and kind of mashed them together and then said, you know, now you must chew on garlic through the entire day if you want to cure yourself or prevent COVID from <laughs> yeah. getting to you. It's just, it's, it's really incredible good. that it's, inc- first, I I, I admire the creativity that these people have, because that is truly (laughs) creative writing. (laughs) Um, They have a flair for the language,
1: actually. You can write scientifically.
0: I Honestly, you uh, know, if I could write... Exactly. If I could write that convincingly about science, as these people can write about pseudoscience and misinformation that is so convincing to people and really tugs on people's heartstrings, like... If I could get that into my writing, man, I, it, I, I would, you know, I'd be convincing people left, right and center, but <laughs> it's a very hard thing to nail down. But, uh, but uh, anyway, so let's get back to where, what we are talking about. So with the vaccines, the COVID vaccines, I saw this amazing thread that you've uh, got on your Twitter handle. Oh, first of all, before we start off, could you just tell us how, where people can yeah. follow you on Twitter? They can go check this out for themselves. Oh,
1: yes, they can just uh, search my name, Harish Patag, A R Y A X P A
0: T H A. All right. So, uh, so there was this amazing. I'm the thread. Only one with that name on
1: Twitter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, at the first, I was like, "Come on, you! This is this is not the way that you spell that name, is it?" But it is, and it's legit. It so, uh, get with the program, everyone. Um, right. So. Uh, what is it? How is it that you uh, have educated yourself about the vaccines that are being distributed in
1: India? Well, first of all, I look all for, for all the standard sources. That is the uh, Ministry of Health website. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have divided the website into different sections. That is, is information for the layman. There is in specific information for the hospitals and the administrators, and there are travel advisories and everything. So mm-hmm. the MOHFW website, uh, they have uploaded everything. Uh, they've created okay. separate PDFs regarding all the vaccines that are under development, stages, mm-hmm. how these vaccines will work and how people can avail of the vaccines. And most importantly, who should take the vaccine, who should not and why. All right. Then and I go for the CDC and WHO websites. They are my uh, of two sources. CDC and WHO, nothing beats
0: that. Yeah, the gold standard as far as medical yes, science is Yes, the concerned. gold
1: standard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and uh, have you been vaccinated or anyone else that you know uh, closely has they, have been um, vaccinated?
1: Okay, so I have been sitting at home preparing for my exam for the past year. It's a drop year for me. So I'm not currently working in any hospital. So the mm-hmm. PHC nearby my home refused to register me that you are a doctor, but you're not working anywhere. So we will not vaccinate you. So we like, fine, I'm not even going out of my home anywhere. Oh, uh, my parents it. got vaccinated last week. Oh, so wonderful. My parents, my parents got, got, got
0: vaccinated just a couple of days back. Yeah, my parents got it just uh, last week. Wonderful. I'm really glad. And was it the uh, was it Covaxin or was it Covishield? Uh,
1: we have Covishield
0: over here. Yeah, I've got Covishield over here. I think it's really hard to kind of figure that out, but of which one's better or if there is even a choice, but we'll, we'll get to all of that um, very soon. But first, let's talk about wh- how are these two vaccines different? What's the difference between Covaxin and Covishield?
1: Okay, so uh, Covaxin, it has been manufactured by, uh, developed by Biotech. Bharat Bharat. It is basically mm-hmm. an inactivated virus, which means they've taken the SARS-CoV-2 virus and they've inactivated it. They've taken away its ability to cause an infection. in and that is being used in the vaccine. So it's like a body without its soul. You can think of it like that. It's just the body without okay. its soul. So all right. our immune system can identify the virus. No. Mm-hmm. Our immune system they can, it can identify the virus, all the proteins on the surface of the virus. And mm-hmm. they identify that this is a foreign particle I don't need in my body. This causes harm to my body. So I will act against it. Okay. Uh, so that is and the, basic the concept of the covax okay so this is a, the dead virus
0: or is it a weakened virus it's a dead virus it's an dead inactivated virus. virus okay inactivated virus. Yeah. yeah i mean hell do we even know if viruses are alive or dead that's another very deep question that i i don't think we can go down host's right to survive well that's true <laughs> that's a that's with a lot of parasites uh but anyway, but you know what? I'm still yeah. interested. Tell, tell me what you think. Is a, vaccine, <laughs> is, a, is a
1: virus alive or not? Well, viruses can survive. Uh, we cannot call them living per se. Viruses can exist everywhere. But they can become active when they find a host. So that's when they become living.
0: Oh, okay. That's an interesting way to see it.
1: Viruses care about one thing replication.
0: Don't we viruses all? Viruses care about one thing: replication and for that, they need a post. Interesting. Okay, no, because I've always th- thought of viruses as kind of being on that, uh, on this, on the kind of borderline of being how we usually think of things as alive or dead. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough question. I think even philosophers have tried figuring this out. I think, I think it's in kind a of... State. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that we, uh, and the COVID shield is uh, an adenovirus, right? COVID shield,
1: we have, have used the, the adenovirus vector. and uh, there is, that virus is being given to us in the form. It's not even no? a coronavirus. It's a totally separate, different kind of virus. Adenovirus that can't is make a different virus There are different kinds of viruses, but they are specifically ensured that the adenovirus cannot cause an infection; it cannot make us sick. If I were to tell you, covid uses a chimpanzee viral vector, mm-hmm. which means uh, the adenovirus it is derived from the chimpanzees. Okay. So and basically, it's so used as a vehicle to develop the genetic code that makes the spike protein. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. So then it gets inside us. It starts making the spike spike protein and just the spike protein. Is that, the, is that the case? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the body yeah. identifies that, develops the antibodies identifies against it, and, uh, you know, and so it moves on. Uh, and we develop an immunity to it. Now, I read about a new study, which has been published in The Lancet, apparently, saying that the um, Kobe shield would be most effective if there is an interval of 90 to 120 days From the first dose to the second, have you have you heard about this study? Yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, There is a recommendation for uh, increasing the duration to over 12 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks at least. Yeah. So uh, now the thing is,
0: my parents and I'm sure a lot of other people have uh, have been told to come back in a month or four weeks instead of 12. Do you, uh, what do you
1: what do you recommend we do? Uh, as far as I know, India is going to follow the four to six week uh, duration. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, vaccines when they originally underwent trials at that time they tested uh, with a duration of four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in subsequent studies uh, they increased the duration. There was uh, there's a possible theory behind it that uh, when you increase the duration, the secondary response after twelve weeks is greater as compared mm-hmm. to when we get after four weeks, mm-hmm. there is a possibility in that. And uh, if you were to adapt the 12 week regimen, it's totally fine. But is going to adapt, uh, to, they are going to stay with the four to six week regimen, primarily because we want to cover a majority of the population. Mm-hmm. In this phase two, we have to cover around 27 crore people. So, with the four week regimen, Majority of the population can receive both the doses and become fully vaccinated. When you increase it to 12 weeks, there is a chance that many of them might be lost to follow up. It's very common in medical practice. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that even if you receive one dose, you are still susceptible to getting an infection. One dose does not provide full protection. So in India, Many people have seen that have the tendency that I've received one dose of the vaccine am protected, so I will abandon the mask, I will not follow social distancing protocol. In the we don't want, that. so it's better to take it after four weeks. If somebody wants to take it after 12 weeks, they'll have the choice. It's not compulsory to take it with. Four weeks.
0: Okay, so what's the difference between the efficacy that we have when we are uh, getting it getting the second dose four weeks later versus the 12 weeks that has recently been found. What do you think the differences would be in the, ef- in the efficacy and what difference would it make to our lives? Well,
1: the efficacy would be, that it would be a fractional difference in efficacy. To talk about practically, I don't, personally, I don't think that it would make that much of difference because okay, so it's vaccines, just, uh, they have a four-week four difference in the regimens. Okay. And eventually, it comes down to following other protocols. I mean, okay, whether you so take uh, it within four weeks or within 12 weeks. Whether you take okay. it within four weeks or within 12 weeks. It about, it's about how the majority of the population gets vaccinated. Uh, how much the virus is still circulating in the population. The new variants that have come up, they also make a difference. Because as far as I know right now, covid shield is not that effective against the new variants. That's troubling. And what about Covaxin?
0: Is that so does that seem to be more uh, more protection against the Laboratory new strains? Studies,
1: so all the vaccines that are used, they have somewhat reduced activity against the new variants. Mm-hmm. Even a Covaxin in lab studies, that has been shown to neutralize the UK variant to a reduced extent as compared to the original virus. So all the vaccines, correctly, they would have somewhat reduced activity. Uh, right now that I know of, it's Pfizer, Moderna. And these three are
0: effective against the, the variants. Okay, so the, only the mRNA ones or? Uh, Pfizer, Moderna are yeah. mRNA ones and Covaxin is inactivated. Yeah, of course.
1: So now Covaxin is still in phase three trials, right? Uh, they have uh, published an in interim efficacy of the phase three trials, but the full results are yet to be published. They have completed the recruitment and everything. The final okay. results are yet to be published. And how did that look? Uh, they have published in interim result. So that has come out to 80.5% 80. efficacy, which is quite good. We'll know more after the full results come out. All
0: right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when we'll be uh, allowed yes. to take, uh, get the vaccine, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, now, there are... Um, there are a lot of rumors that have been going around regarding getting the vaccine. Now, of course, we're f- very familiar with the anti-vax rhetoric that has been going through Europe and the US, uh, yeah. even Canada to quite an extent. Um, but fortunately, it hadn't hit India that much. Unfortunately, thanks to YouTube uh, yeah. and the, uh, and WhatsApp University, it seems that a lot of people have started getting scared <laughs> Of getting vaccinated. Now, what are the uh, what are the most prominent rumors that you've come across of people that you know? What are the fears that people have uh, against getting vaccinated against COVID?
1: Actually, uh, there's two different aspects to this. Uh, countries like USA, they have seen a strong anti-vax camp. That is, people who are inherently against vaccination. India, yeah. fortunately, we haven't seen such a systemic. Uh, no. Opposition to vaccines. Here we have what is called vaccine hesitancy. People are hesitant or reluctant to go for vaccines. Primarily, uh, there are two reasons for it. One, it's that they feel the vaccines will come out too fast. It's around four to five years to develop and being launched. But here we have developed them in a the short span of a year. So, one thing is that they have a slight mistrust or reluctancy towards that. Second thing is the fear of side effects. No. Now, read news articles and read those, again, WhatsApp messages, and everything, they exaggerate the side effects. Excessive person fever, excessive person allergy or anaphylaxis. That has really created a lot of fear in minds mm.
0: And wh- uh, should they be afraid? See, uh,
1: we took vaccines as children as well, like their whole immunization schedule. Even those vaccines have some sort of side effects. And most of the side effects are mild, even with the COVID vaccines, be it CoVaccine or covishield or the mRNA vaccines or the new vaccines which are in the pipeline. All of these vaccines, they will have some sort of side effects. and It will be mild side effects. Like You, know, you may have fever or headache, pain at the injection site, some weakness, fatigue. Yeah. These are to be expected, you see, because vaccines they enter the body, they are directly triggering our immune system. So mm-hmm. that is naturally going to have some effects to its And yeah. not everybody will have the side effects. That's the first thing to remember. Not everyone will have the side effects. My parents took the vaccine, my mom had fever for two days. My dad did not have anything. He was perfectly fit and fine. That's what people need to remember, that if you get them, don't worry. It's self-resolving. Will, it will go on its slow. If you feel a lot of discomfort, you can take your regular painkiller or fever medication. That's more than enough. Mm. Those uh, may have an allergic or anaphylactic reaction. Uh, so, According to the framework of vaccination, you will be under observation for 30 minutes after you receive the injection. Anaphylaxis or allergic reactions really happen immediately after you receive the injection. Mm. So, that if that, it's very rare and it's not, it has not been seen with Kubishi or Covaxin, yet, it's very rare. And if it occurs, it will be managed then, then it's, uh, by the hospital authorities. And from what I know, people with a history of anaphylaxis have. So, if safety is a concern, then you don't need to be worried because it's assessed for their safety and efficacy in all three phases of the trials. After that, if it is satisfactory, then only they are given. Okay.
0: Um, and I've, yeah, well, I. Uh, I would read up on this quite a bit. And even when my parents had gone, we did sit there for half an hour. They also told us to sit for half an hour to see if there's any bad reactions or anything of that sort. A lot of other people were sitting there as well who had just been vaccinated. Nobody there had any side effects. And this is, of course, anecdotal evidence. But uh, even the empirical evidence does very clearly state that there's been, it's that the chances of having a bad reaction or an allergic reaction are very, very, very slight. Uh, and that should in no way stop you from actually getting the vaccine. And even then, it is taken care of because you're sitting there in the clinic for at least half an hour. Where the, if you feel any discomfort, you can talk to the people there immediately and get treated for any discomfort that you might feel. And when we came home, I was completely, I was expecting my parents, like somebody to kind of say that I've got a little bit of body ache, a little bit of fever. They were also well aware of it, but they felt absolutely nothing. And my parents are in their seventies. They have comorbidities. They have come out with it. Absolutely no problem. I've heard that sometimes it happens only in the second dose. So we'll see what happens then. But until then, everything seems absolutely fine. It's been a couple of days already. There's been absolutely no complaints. Now, there has been one thing, though, which has caused some surprise on my part and a little bit of concern, I mean, and a lot of concern for a lot of people, even young people who I've been speaking to, who say that there have been a lot of reports of people dying after getting the vaccine. Is this true? And why do you think that's happening?
1: As per this report I've read, uh, about 39 or 40 casualties have been reported after vaccination, and the national EFI committee are uh, actually They investigating each and every case. So the last news report I read, according to that, they have said that none of those deaths are temporarily related to the vaccination, which means that the vaccine has not caused the death. Mm-hmm. That's what people need to understand, that uh, chronology does not mean causation. Death is followed by vaccination, it does not mean that it's possible that the person may be having some of the other comorbidities, the history of comorbidity, which may have led to the death. When it comes to investigating these cases, so it's like that rule we follow in the court innocent until proven guilty. Can this death be explained by any other cause than the vaccine? If yes, then it's safe to assume that. The vaccine is responsible because these vaccines are they undergo the trials for the same very, this very thing that it should be safe for the people receiving. If even one death is occurs in the trials, we open investigate that death. So far, we haven't seen any of that happening, and uh, I guess a ago, our health minister had said that death occurring 4 to 10 days after vaccination is not related to vaccination. It's not because of the vaccination. Fair enough. And uh,
0: do you know of any of these deaths which have happened uh, immediately after by any chance?
1: Immediately after? No. uh, I guess there was one case. uh, It was a medical uh, intern, I guess. Uh, He died after he sent the vaccine, but then he had a history of encephalitis. As oh. I said, some of the other comorbidity or history. He had a history of encephalitis, that's brain infection of the brain. Oh, I see. Same thing that, uh, you know, very early during the trials, a man from Chennai uh, was in the news against Serum Institute. Mm-hmm. You might have heard of that news the side effects yeah, of yeah, vaccination. Yeah. That yeah, there absolutely. was a lawsuit that followed as well. The same history with her as well. He had encephalitis a history of neural illness.
0: I see. So, are there any populations that who uh, should be consider- not considering getting the vaccine? Who are the people who shouldn't uh, be getting the, any either one of those vaccines?
1: Uh, the vaccines haven't been tried in the pediatric age group. And they are mm. not being given the vaccines as well right now. Apart from that, uh, those who are immunocompromised. Immunocompromised. Because the immunocompression poses a huge risk to the health. So immunocompromised people are not advised to get the vaccine. So just for
0: people who are wondering, an immunocompromised person is, uh, among other things, I mean, at least the most common that i know of and please uh, add on to this if you can is you know people who have uh, undergone uh, either an organ transplant and have been put on immunosuppressive drugs yeah. people who are on immunosuppressants otherwise as well and there are people who have naturally immune uh, you know their immunity is naturally deficient naturally in deficient. certain factors yes. So, uh, these are the people who should not be getting the vaccine. And this is the, and I, I just want to add this in, uh, these are the people who we should be getting vaccinated for, for the people that cannot get vaccinated
1: yeah. because there are certain that's, people who have been, really cool, yes.
0: yeah. And I've, I've heard that, uh, women who are also, uh, planning to uh, start a family planning to have children should not be getting the vaccine as well now you can elaborate on that in just a moment but i just wanted to say that no, one I... of the most uh, one of the most important things is that the people who can get vaccinated should get vaccinated because you're not just protecting yes. yourself you are protecting people who cannot get vaccinated for medical reasons and those who have compromised immune systems if they get covid they could, it could be a lot more lethal for them than any of us. So before you blatantly, you just want to reject the idea of getting vaccinated. I suggest you seriously think about the people that you can be protecting. And it might not just be people in your family, because in the end you become a vector, you become a vector of transmission and if you get the vaccine, that means the vaccine stops at you. You can't transmit it to somebody else who can then transmit it to somebody else who can transmit it to a person who can't get vaccinated. So if you don't do it for yourself, at least do it for those with weakened immune systems who really need us to take the vaccine. And uh, sorry, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Yours, so pl- please carry on. Okay, so uh, the one thing you said about it, uh, planning a family uh, vaccine does not cause infertility in women, so it is safe to take the vaccine. If you are planning a family, it is safe to take the vaccine. Okay, the wonderful. Website, it is even the CDC website says it does not cause infertility. Okay, so why?
0: Uh, but I have seen some uh, notifications from the government saying that if you are a woman who is planning to a family or is trying to start a family, then you shouldn't be taking a vaccine. Is there a certain reason for that? Is that...
1: Precautionary, uh, as a precautionary measure, the mm-hmm. government has included a lot of categories. I mean, those uh, who are planning to start a family and those with history of anaphylaxis or drug allergies, all of these people have been included in the list who are not recommended to take the vaccine by the government. Okay. So, so as a precautionary for measure.
0: Until we have
1: more. Avoid any data. untoward or unforeseen incidents. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And so, one more thing uh, you said yeah. about uh, transmitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vaccines will prevent infection. That two aims for the vaccines. One is to prevent an infection, obviously. Second one is because the vaccines are not 100% effective, the efficacy ranges from 80% to 90%. Some mm. people may get an infection even after getting vaccinated. But the advantage is that it will not be a severe infection. I see. So and that is a another may very not important. Hospital a or or ventilation. Mm. That is the secondary aim and a very important aspect of vaccination that if you possibly, there's a rare chance. Even if you do get infected to getting the vaccine. It will be a mild infection, which can be managed easily. And the vaccines right now, they're not known to stop the transmission of the virus, mm-hmm. which means you may be vaccinated, like, uh, the virus may enter your body. You may not get infected, but you can still be a carrier for the virus and transmitted to others. You can still share the virus, which is why we are still recommending that you continue wearing masks continue practicing your physical distancing, your social distancing, irrespective of whether you are vaccinated or not. Vaccination does not give you the right to share the vaccine. It is still necessary. Maybe not for you, but as you said, those are out. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
0: And, uh, but of course, there is another thing. The, it's, uh, the WhatsApp messages have not stopped, of course. Uh, but, there has been a rather disturbing development of the coronal kit which is now not only going to market but has now the endorsement of the uh, Ministry of Family Welfare and Health. Uh, So uh,
1: what do you have to say about that? I don't think there is anything to say about that. We don't want to give it more publicity. <laughs> but uh, I actually uh, saw the paper they published. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start because it's rubbish, in one word. They have, they have the potential to conduct proper scientific research, they have the potential to do that, but for some reason, they're not. Because many of our medicines, they are derived from the original herbal medicines. It's a fact. Many of our uh, modern medicines, they have plant origins, uh, you know, herbal origins. But they have become modern medicines. They are used today because they have been, they have undergone proper scientific research, proper trials, human, animal trials and human trials. They have the properly, the bio, there is a biological possibility behind that. After that, after constant wetting, they are use, in use today. With coronal, there's none of that. It is, as far as I know, it's basically a concoction of uh, different substances. And uh, I saw a lot of reports that uh, it consists of uh, high amounts of heavy metals as well because toxicity is here uh, You can look up to Dr. Abby Phillips for that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be... When it comes to debunking these Ayurvedic meds.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Phillips come on and uh, talk about this uh, in detail. So I've already taken your advice. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, for anyone who's listening... And if uh, you are considering, Sorry? Dr. Lakhani,
1: Dr. Um, Lakhani, and he got into a spat with uh, Patanjali With It was really better, but it stands. I mean, they have no scientific basis, at least no valid scientific basis for what they're proposing. I mean, Absolutely. They, they conducted trial on 100 participants, of which 50 were in the placebo. Mm. Only 50 received their coronal. You cannot expect to have external validity. You cannot expect to use that drug in a nation of 138 crore people on the basis of results that you achieve in 50.
0: Absolutely. This is at best, like even if you give it the full benefit of the doubt, even then this is. I mean, even if you look through all the holes, the loopholes that they've uh, they've evidently jumped through, this is still a very preliminary trial. This is this is the kind of proof of concept trial that is even before yeah. phase one. This is something that is just exactly. just showing efficacy in a very very basic, very very small way. And if colonel is supposed to be considered a real medicine then that study should be falsified. It should be tested. It should be repeated over and over again by independent parties. And only then will you know if it actually works or not. Yes. Right now, we've got absolutely, absolutely no evidence for that. Absolutely. And yes, it's uh, Dr. Abby Phillips, who absolutely. I will be having on a little bit later. He has gone into detail and he's even shaken me up. Like I am, I'm a, very i mean <laughs> i'm I'm definitely very skeptical about ayurvedic treatments i've had uh dr sumaya Sheikh and dr Abhyankar talking about it uh on this podcast yeah. but he has shaken even the most optimistic sides of me when it comes to ayurveda like it is heartbreaking the kind of things that are happening out there but we will leave that for later i don't want to take the spotlight off you right now um but uh how have people been taking the messaging that you've been putting out on Twitter
1: so far? I feel really well, actually. Mm-hmm. So I've been on Twitter for over ten years now, nearly, nearly ten years. But I became active only in around November when I put on mm-hmm. my first COVID. Uh, to say the least, as I've received very positive. Actually, because people actually like, came to me with doubts. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, everyone is looking for a trustworthy face or a reliable source of information. Somebody will give, it, give the correct information to them without any gift. Absolutely. That was my aim. and I actually received lots, lots of uh, messages and comments asking various types of questions and everything. Uh, that actually motivated me. So I added five more threads around it covering one was about the general information of COVID. Then I really delved into the transmission of COVID. Because the most important thing is we stop the transmission then. So I covered how it happens and why exactly are you recommending that you wear masks and practice social distancing. It's not out to the blue that it's an infection, but there is a certain science behind it, there's reason behind it. And MSA people have responded pretty positively to that. Wonderful. I'm really glad about that because the
0: um, the kind of hate that one can get, I mean, the outrage that overflows from Twitter is sometimes unbearable. It's something that I'm, uh, I'm still getting used to. But I'm really glad people uh, have taken... It happened with that kind me. Of,
1: Yeah, yeah. It happened with me, but not from India. So, we see one post about New York Times. They have covered same one. They concern was me about that uh, a person became positive after uh, receiving the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had commented on that tweet that please change your headlines. Your headline is misleading. This is not how the vaccine works. A person may still be susceptible. Mm-hmm. And it was in New York Times. So a lot, a lot of the Make America Great again. The My Twitter was full of notifications for days. The full comments, this and that. <laughs> My God. There was the last well, time I ever commented on any foreign <laughs> news
0: page. But I'm telling you, don't stop doing that because it's very important. It, it, Twitter has a tendency of making That's us right. feel that... Uh, our comments have no benefits because of the repercussions it gets. But this is uh, there's actually science to this, and uh, I, I mean, I, I wish I could tell you exactly which study spoke about this, but I, I read it a while back. That there have been studies talking about, you know, the how to counter spreading misinformation. The interesting thing is that as much anger and outrage you'll get and rebuttals you'll get on social media for sharing valid facts and evidence-based claims. The people on the sidelines who have seen those conversations, they will, the people who might have that shadow of a doubt about, you know, wondering whether their beliefs are really, are they really valid or not, if they hear a well-reasoned or see for that matter on Twitter, a well-reasoned argument stating specific facts that can be verified independently, there is a definite effect, a benefit that they face, which is the only thing that keeps me going. I mean, I'm not extremely active on Twitter. I will, I, I intend to be, I hope I will do so in the future, but um, whatever I see, I try and put in a comment, even if, it, if I get a backlash, it's fine. Like I, It's as long as I keep my cool and I'm talking sense and I'm not trying to offend anyone. Sorry, I'm not
1: uh, getting the last part.
0: Oh, I just repeat that. Just in case, uh, even if I, there's a lot of outrage, but if I am keeping my cool, I am talking sensibly, yeah. I'm not being intentionally offensive to someone. And showing people that there is sense behind what I'm saying. There is that hope that somebody who is looking through that thread will get the message. And, you know, that's the only thing that keeps me coming back for more. (laughs) But there are
1: some... Yeah, so that's why I made it a point, actually. That's why I made it a point, actually. If you go through my threads. So I make it a point... Backup with the source, the original source of the CDC website, which was published
0: So, if I got that right, you make it a point to back up all the claims you make uh, from uh, reliable sources yeah. like WHO and CDC, etc. Which yes, which it definitely. Yeah. That definitely yeah. helps getting people. But then, of course, there are you're, you're always the crowd of conspiracy theorists, who are like, oh, they're all sellouts, and oh, they're all trying to keep us sick because of Big Pharma. And you, you, there is so, only so much that you can fight, as far as that's concerned. But um, is there anything
1: else that you'd conspiracy like to add before we? I love them because it's purely for entertainment purposes. I love conspiracy <laughs> theories. Entertainment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I do find some of them very entertaining, but when it comes to COVID and things like that, and COVID and vaccines are two forms of conspiracy theories that scare me, that really, like, they're just, they're dreadful. These are the things that have people's lives in their hands. These are, these are matters of life and death. So, uh, other than that, when it comes to flat earth, definitely... Very entertaining.
1: That's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we, uh, we no. wrap things up? There's a conspiracy theory that the COVID vaccine has a microchip in it.
0: Oh, yeah. The Bill Gates one where Bill Gates is trying to keep track of us. I mean, really, you shouldn't be worrying about Bill Gates. You should be worried about Mark Zuckerberg. If he comes up with a vaccine, <laughs> don't take it. <laughs> Right, so thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with uh, the audience?
1: Uh, the science. The vaccines. I, I've been I have undergone gone trial. accident vaccinated and they're probably watching TV or something in the other room. They're absolutely healthy. Don't be afraid of vaccines. It's actually necessary if you are
0: this pandemic as soon as possible. So, uh, just to reiterate, uh, because you did break up a little bit there, I think you said um, mm-hmm. if you are otherwise relatively healthy, yeah. but if you are even if you are concerned about the vaccine, just go out and get it. You are not only doing yourself a favor; you're pushing the entire country towards a position where you can, uh, where you can finally. We can finally go around without masks someday in the future. I'm not saying we do that right now, not immediately after you're vaccinated, but that is, this is the path that we have to get on to to yes. fight COVID in India and get India yes. safe again. So uh, please don't worry about it. There's nothing to be concerned about. Absolutely. Get a qualified doctor's opinion if you want. Don't just take our word for it. Look at the CDC, look at the WHO websites. Speak to your doctor about it. Uh, your medical doctor and just go out and get the vaccine. I am going to get it as yes. soon as we g- <laughs> are allowed to.
1: Medical doctor? One who has done in BBS. Uh, yes, definitely. One who has done in MBBS.
0: And, uh, <laughs> uh, and if you can't find a reliable doctor, just uh, look up Dr. Hariakr Pathak on Twitter. Send him a message, send him a DM, tweet at him ask him whatever questions you have, and I'm sure he'll help you clear them up.
1: I'll be available on Twitter, and everything. Anyway,
0: thank you very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Parthak, and thank you for doing the right thing and spreading the right information about the vaccines. Thanks for clearing up all the questions that I had today. If there are any more? I will definitely ask you, and maybe I'll write an entire article with your answers, or we can just have you on once again answer any more questions that have come in from the audience. But thank you so much for everything you do. All the best with the exams and thanks for joining us on Rational.
1: Thanks for having me on the podcast as well, especially as well. Getting My to pleasure. do something good for the community. You do that every day. Thank you so much for that.
0: All right. Bye. Goodbye. Well, thank you everyone for joining in and thanks for watching this video. I really wanted to get this out sooner. Uh, there were lots of scheduling problems uh, on my end Dr. Parthak was very nice and was very patient and has stuck around with this I gl- and I hope you've enjoyed the discussion uh, if you have any more questions you can either send them to me on Twitter at BeRationable uh, you can uh, email them to Abhijit at BeRationable.com that's A-B-H-I-J-I-T at BeRationable.com And if you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will be back with more interviews and more interesting content on science, medicine, health very, very soon. Until then, join us on Facebook at the Rationable Conversations group and the Rationable page on Facebook. And also check out the YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. It's just called Rationable and it's on YouTube. There are lots more interviews, very much like this one, as well as other interviews that I've linked there with Dr. Paul Offit, Dr. Sumaya Sheikh, and many more. So please go on there, check it out, and visit www.berational.com to check out all the other content I have, all the podcast episodes, and lots more. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to The Rationable Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe, share, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make it easier for others to find it. Also subscribe to The Rationable channel on YouTube. Support and get involved with Rationable on Patreon at patreon.com slash Rationable. For the show notes, transcript, references and more visit www.berationable.com. Meet like-minded people on the Rationable Conversations Facebook group. To get in touch, write to abhijit, that's A-B-H-I-J-I-T, at berationable.com or at berationable on Twitter. Until next time, be rationable.